Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 222, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is made possible by the Herbal Nerd Society. The Herbs in Action Summit, COVID and Beyond, is coming soon, May 8th. You'll want to mark your date, your calendars for that. I have the distinct pleasure of announcing to you today that the topics have now been announced on the Herbs in Action Summit site. If you would like to know what we'll be talking about with our wonderful speakers, Thomas Easley, Maria Noel Groves, Larkin Bunce, Phyllis Light, and Erica Galantin, please head over to HerbsInAction.com. Get on our mailing list so that you're getting your emails, letting you know as each piece of information and all our details start to come into place and we can announce them. You'll get that information right in your email box. And yeah, check it out, um, HerbsInAction.com. Place is hugely important to plants. The environment a plant's rooted in influences how it grows. So too, it is with herbalists. We often begin life and our professional life with one idea of what we'll do. Then the plants brought new ideas and we're hooked. Today we're talking with Yolanda Joy, herbalist and founder of Herbal Entrepreneur, about drawing inspiration from your environment. Now here are your hosts, Candace, I'm Candace Hunter, and I'm Patrick Hunter. And welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Hey, Yolanda, I am so glad you're here today. I'm so glad that I can be on today. I'm really excited about the show. Yes, you know, I first encountered you last year for the Herbal Entrepreneur Conference, and I was really amazed by the wonderful selection of folks you had pulled together to work on that or to do that. It was great. <laughs> Thank you. I was actually pretty pretty surprised myself. I was like talking to some of my biggest uh, herbal mentors and was able to interview them, and I was kind of starstruck oh, talking yeah. to a lot of them. So I was um, excited with the whole prospect of it too. That is such a it's a cool experience. We've had the opportunity to do a couple of the folks that we've we find the same way. It is. It's like you get a little starstruck, and you're like, okay, I had to calm myself down because I have to look professional. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Yep, I can definitely relate. <laughs> right. So where how how did you come up with that idea? How did you come up with the idea of of doing cuz that's not where you started life, is it? No, no. I um had quite a uh more of a scientific start, really. I uh, went to university and studied pharmacy in Australia and, yeah, was intending to be a pharmacist, um, mainly because I liked chemistry and I wanted to help people. And um, that was, like, kind of what my ambition was until um, basically towards the end of my degree I um, met my now husband who happened to be Italian. And so towards the end of my – when I graduated, we – after a brief stint in China, we ended up moving to Italy and I wasn't able to work as a pharmacist in Italy. So I was kind of doing a bit of this and that and started a blog about how medicines work and was doing, um, like for a year, I was just kind of dabbling around in different things, but um, yeah, learning about different stuff as, um, as I went. But yeah, there was this kind of a point where we actually um, were, we went to this town by chance. It's called Orsinia in Italy. If you've Never heard of it? Look it up because it's the most beautiful town in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> Doesn't every town in Italy but, claim that? Uh, well, oh, they don't claim that, but I do. Like this oh, okay. town is just amazing. Like it's um, a tiny little town nestled in the the mountains, about an hour oh. away from Florence. So it's like close, it's but like sounds, wild and beautiful. Sounds gorgeous. Sounds yeah. gorgeous. 
it, it's like I, I um yeah basically we decided to live here because we came here for like two hours one day on a on a weekend and like I just fell in love with the place and my husband really liked it too and so we're like Let, let's just come back for the weekend we've got to come back for the weekend <laughs> and we, we came back for the weekend and it was um a beautiful October um day oh with all the leaves the day wasn't that great it was raining but like that kind of added to the atmosphere because it was full and there was it's full of chestnut trees here and so the colors were just like orange and beautiful and it was just like calling to me (laughs) it really really was yeah um and we had this walk up there and then like that we were staying just in the hotel that night but we were like "Eh, neither of us like have proper jobs why don't we just move to this town and um (laughs) we did (laughs) like I was um yeah working as a medical writer on the internet and my husband was like um get doing bits and pieces jobs as well so we we literally just moved to this town and um that is where it like really all started for me in terms of like my love for herbalism because if I was just like um, it was the plants calling really because I, especially because I'd come from Australia where, where I grew up was almost a desert, like very, um, yes. the plants were very dry and like these plants had medicinal properties, but I didn't really understand what they were. Yeah. Whereas when I, um, came here, the, like the plants that I was seeing, it was like yarrow and, um, elderberry and, yes. um, St. John's Ward and all of these ones that I'd like read about in fantasy books, which I really love. And I'd like, but this is like actually it in real person. The real, and, well, the real, real. plant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm touching it. I'm feeling it. And like, that was just like, it, um, yeah, really grew from there. And then, um, yeah, that was actually how I started the conference was because I, um, my interest continually grew and eventually I um, wanted to, start an herbal business that was my kind of um my goal I had been working on the internet and I I still work on the internet uh but I wanted to transition more into an offline business working with my hands with the plants and um what I had been doing online was working um uh doing online conferences and doing website stuff for a few different clients as a freelancer and um I thought I could use my skills as like knowing how to do a conference and put it together my passion so that I could like interview people about how they were doing their ever businesses and basically get ideas from them, inspiration from them so that I could nice. start to implement that on my own terms. So that was uh, where the idea came from and how it all came to be. That's one of the things that I was really excited about when I saw the conference last year was that I've been seeing more and more people, at least, you know, here in the States, more and more people who are studying herbalism and then they want to do something with it. They don't want to just study it and then use it just for home. Not that there's anything wrong with using it for home, but you know, you don't really, you have your own family type. And so there's these plants that work really well for your family, but then there's all those plants and you want to work with those too, but you need other people. (laughs) So a lot of folks Mm -hmm. I've, I've been seeing a lot of folks trying to get into business and various aspects of it. And business itself running your own business is kind of challenging it's it's not the same thing at all just because you know how to do something like you know make great salves doesn't mean you're going to run a great business (laughs) you know nope yeah so (laughs) there's so many more different facets to it yeah for sure 
Right. Yeah. So I love that you you came to the herbs and to your business through those other channels. You know, a lot of herbalists have like the grandmother that, you know, taught them herbalism when they were really little kids and they grew up with all that stuff. And it sounds like that's not your experience, I assume. Yeah. Well, like I always... I played with plants, like definitely. I was con- like one of those kids that made concoctions, you know, perfumes out of like crushing the plants of flowers into the water and eating this. I'm not sure if you have sour sobs in. Um, 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 we might have them in the south, <laughs> but, um, but I, yeah. yeah, definitely not in the northern. <laughs> yeah. What, what <laughs> um, sour sobs. I don't even I'm not know sure if it's is. even a proper word, to be honest. I don't know what the actual plant is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, um, I mean, it sounds like the, a candy. Like we call, yeah, well, like, it's like this grass thing that tastes sour. Australians will know what I'm talking about, but I'm not sure if it's actually a worldwide, like, word that people use. But the, um, I, like, ate those and things like that. And, um, yeah, wild yams, we used to, like, collect them oh, yeah. and get mum to add them to the stir fries and things like that, which was... What do um, those taste like? like? What? Because, I mean, we well, have wild yam root that we, you know, add, and I know what that tastes like. It's not really delicious, let's say, in the taste Yeah, well, form. like, the ones that we used weren't <laughs> that delicious either, to be honest, but we just liked them because we um, we picked them. Like, they were like, right. um, I mean, they taste, they're like a little, um, you have to peel it like it's a little... The, the dried grass around the outside okay. and then inside there's this like a little white um bulb that you eat okay. that part um and but again like I don't actually know what the scientific name of that is either like I like I, I know what it is at home but like that's um <laughs> my studies were here not there and so right. it's um I have a different connection to there so which yeah. is interesting yeah. but the yeah, so, like, I did play with plants, but I didn't have that kind of input from, like, I didn't have a grandmother who right. knew about herbs. I didn't have those mentors, I guess, right. to show me the way. I think if I had had that, I definitely would have, like, liked it, but I didn't. So, you know, played with plants, but, <laughs> like, I always liked it, but it definitely wasn't um, instilled in me from childhood, no. Sure. And then when you were studying pharmacy, were the plants at all connected with the connect, the chemistry that you were doing and learning or not? Because I really don't know how that's done, you know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting from that side of things. Like the, um, the because I mean, a lot of the uh, medicines that we use today are actually derived from plants right originally yeah. so like, like if you think about aspirin I mean, and that yeah. that like that they come from um well, i mean even morphine <laughs> like yeah. the, um, they have the the like the deri- their plant derivatives yeah. like the um and so they like you can't really deny the the power of plants but it is um like from a pharmaceutical perspective, it's very scientific and you need everything to be controlled and scientifically proven. Right. That's kind of um, what the, yeah, the science, protocol is. Science is kind of a, pharmacy is like a closed system. You know, it, it doesn't, mm. it doesn't want to, it's, there's <laughs> variation season to season, not good. <laughs> you know, mm. I, I, I yeah. get that. But yeah, I've always wondered, I mean, when you're studying that, how much do the original plants even factor in, you know? Yeah. Well, I found the whole system very rigid, I think is the, um, the word 
I would use. Yeah. And that actually very, like, really frustrated me while I was at university. And it was, I was kind of almost glad for the break when I um, graduated. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go off to Italy with my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so it kind of, it, it worked out quite well for me. But, yeah. like, the main frustrating point while I was at uni was, like, the, um, there was kind of like a set steps. Like, yeah. if the patient has this, do this. Like, depending on if the, like, there was kind of the, we have the, at least this is how it worked in Australia, but like the, um, there were like the therapeutic guidelines books, which are the same books that the doctors use, but like, and they are useful because of the reason they have them is because like, if there's a problem down the line, the doctor or the pharmacist or whoever it is that's responsible for making that decision has to prove why they made that decision. So they use this like saying, I did this because of this, but I found it so constrictive because it didn't like, can like it didn't take into consideration the whole person and the individual circumstances and it was too much just like this 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 do this and basically teaching people to be robots which I was a little (laughs) bit against (laughs) yeah it's kind of hard to find the right solution when you are that rigid I mean it works for this small selection of people but everybody else it's not going to work or it's not going to work well or there will be side effects that are very unpleasant. So Yeah. Well, it works for the majority. That's why mm-hmm. there are those guidelines. But it's just, yeah, people are not the majority. Right. But, like, the population is the majority, but an individual is not. Right. And that's right. really important. Yeah. So how did you end up studying plants in Italy then? I mean, did you find somebody there, or how did you? Um. Okay, so there's a couple of uh, different things. Basically, it was started with books, I would say. So, like, it was like I was just interested in the plants that I was seeing, and so I started buying books. And then I think most herbalists would be able to relate when they like start buying books and then just keep on buying more books. (laughs) Yes, yeah, we have a big library. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very easy (laughs) to do that. Definitely put up. Yeah, and so that like that was definitely one side of things was just like the books. Um, and then like the community that I'm in, there is also like, um, yeah, one of our like best friends in the couple is like in the, in this community is, um, like a 70 year old couple mm-hmm. and they've been like really welcoming to us as a, nice. as a young couple moving to the community and nice. often invited us over for dinner. And then we would just be talking about stuff because my husband is like a, um, very much a city boy. But learning how to, small town is really different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so he was interested in like starting the vegetable garden and stuff like that. And the 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 guy of this couple is a great gardener, and so my husband was asking questions about that. And then the um, the lady is like a fantastic cook and um, knew stuff about herbs. So we were just like talking and learning heaps from them. So that was like kind of like an informal mentor but again she's not an herbalist she just like has traditional knowledge she's more like that grandma that I didn't have yeah when I was a kid (laughs) yeah so that's like it was that and then also I started um uh doing online courses so that was just kind of the most accessible to me because it was in English but I could um yeah uh learn and so I mainly did that through the herbal academy Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. They're, they're very popular and they're very good. They have a mm-hmm. really, they have a nice selection of um, teachers, essentially. Teachers yeah. and writers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoyed that. So I've got to ask you, what are your top books? 
for people who are starting out? What would be your favorites? Um, <laughs> it's always really hard, isn't it? Or your top authors? Yeah. Um, well, like, oh, come on, there's a like book. One of my, yeah, like, I, one of the first people I asked to be part of the Herbal Entrepreneur Conference last year was Maria Noel, Noel Grove. She's amazing, and, isn't she? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. she is. And so, and that was like, I, um, that was where I was just like uh, gobsmacked, really, because yeah. of, uh, I had her book in my um, in my cupboard, and then I yeah. emailed her and I was just like, "Do you want to be part of this conference?" And she was one of the first people who said yes, and I was just Sweet. like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like to my husband, "I'm going to have an interview with Maria Noel Gross." <laughs> And then, like, so that was, like, really exciting for me. But then, like, yeah, I – as far as the other – like, because I think for – I'm trying to think of the – like, I I even – I have, like, an encyclopedia book, which I found useful. I'm not sure which one it is. Which I found useful at the beginning, beginning to, like, you know, get to know the the herbs. And – yeah, medicine making book. I like. Oh my gosh, I really, I really can't. <laughs> it's hard, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it mm-hmm. is hard to you know, it's hard to narrow it down. I mean, I have the same issues. <laughs> so. Yeah, <laughs> there. Um, yeah, I just enjoy reading them. That's them, and I've yeah read a lot. <laughs> That's where most of my knowledge has come from. Have you had an opportunity to actually put the that all the knowledge to use there in in your in your little town? Um, as far as clinical side of things, well, no. or well, okay, yeah, I don't but, know, but I mean, clinical or just in just doing it, just yeah, ah, you know. oh, just doing it. Yes, I've I like for myself, yes, but mm-hmm. I've also um, this is like a relatively recent thing towards the end of last year. I um started offering herbal experiences, and so um, this is like I'm you probably like you know Airbnb. Have you heard yeah. of their experiences? So like, the, it's like an Airbnb house, but it's an experience. Yeah. So and tell so, us tell us a little bit about that because that's something that's just begun to pop up with a couple of my herbalist friends here. And I've been somewhat intrigued by what is that? So what does that look like if someone does an herbal experience? Yeah, well, I mean, I can't speak for anyone, but what I did was um, I basically just thought of what I could do. And like, for me, it worked out well because of I, um, I look after my toddler most of the time at home. And so I was trying to think of something that I could do right. while still looking after my toddler and stuff. Yeah. So basically I posted an um, experience, which was like a, a three hour experience. We start like where we live is actually like a little cottage um halfway up the mountain and the road doesn't get there so it's like um Uh, um, (laughs) that's like an adventure just there that's cool (laughs) (laughs) but the the road the road does get there but a normal car doesn't you have to have like a proper four drive to get where we are so we drive up there but um so basically we meet down where the road ends like I guess (laughs) and then um we the, yeah the, so the experience is to walk up to our house and then like a, so as I call it a forest walk you go for a walk around um, the back where there's these beautiful beech trees and there's um, a path that goes yeah I take them for a walk through the, the the mountains and we talk about the plants as we go and I get to know them a little bit and then um, we come back to our house and then we do like a bit of an herbal herbal tea tasting and so what I did is I basically um, 
I got my my herbs that I have out like I well not all of them but like I gave them a good selection to choose from and then um and I didn't actually even use teapots I used um like old tomato sauce jars and Ah. the labels ripped off so um, like the um if you go on my Instagram you'll be able to see um pictures of them because they looked quite nice um (laughs) but the like basically it was so that it was like a big glass bottle and you could see everything inside and so the herbs were kind of emerged in the water and you could see and so sounds pretty uh yeah it was really pretty but it was nice because we talked about the herbs as they were um uh infusing into the water nice exactly and then we yeah tasted each one in turn and we're talking about what we felt from each like each of those teas and then as these were the simple teas this one herbs at one herb at a time and then yeah at the end um basically I had little tea bags ready for them and they mixed up um like a selection of the herbs that I had that they wanted to take home and then like put a little label on it and that was the end we walked back home down and that was the end of the experience that sounds absolutely delightful (laughs) <laughs> it was like it was fun for me to do too and then like it was also nice because of the the people I was meeting were like um yeah from this area and interested in other herbal products and services like they specifically yes. asked me if I make um herbal oils or um if I would help them with uh yeah other yeah. products and so that was like another um uh, facet that I would nice. what, like to help them with as well. So that's um, so is that one a business that. that you're like still beginning to build herbal products? Yeah, exactly. So this is um, yeah the, the product side of things. Yes, I'm definitely still building that. That's what I'm um, like. I eventually I'm actually more interested in um, workshops and classes than products. Okay. But I do want to have like I I don't want to have like big product business but I do want to have products available for people who are interested at the workshops and classes that sort of thing so like the um the my emphasis is more on that like teaching and people contact because that's what I like and what I enjoy but I do want to have that available there so that for people who don't want to make them themselves they can access them nice um, nice and it's like my own experience is that it's been really helpful to have tried different facets of herbalism. So if you've got experience in what it's like to make products, even if it's just small run artisan, you know, small batch artisan products, and it's just a tiny little sideline kind of business, when you're talking to people who are learning from you, you've got some experience so you understand what they're asking and why they're asking it. And you understand, you can communicate better with them about the facet they're interested in. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, uh, and like, it is also just like, I enjoy putting my fingers in all the different pots and learning about Mm -hmm. how to do it. And so it's just, um, uh, it's a fun process, really. I, I enjoy every part of the process. But I just know that in the future I wouldn't want to be spending all day making products. I would rather spend, like, an hour making products and then um, more time talking with people or things like that. Right. So that's just, like, yeah, knowing what I like but still being able to communicate with those other types like what you were saying. Right. So it sounds like your excitement about working with people is part of what fed your interest in doing the conferences as well. Yeah, definitely. That's um, 
I, I really thrive off of that, the, um, which is it's strange because I do work like from home and I, I like alone time a lot, but I do enjoy finding out about people's stories and um, I guess like each person has their little expertise or what they're really great at mm-hmm. and I really like um, honing in on that and finding out what that great spot of that person is and, and bringing it out nice. uh, so that... Yeah. yeah, everyone can learn more from it. Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of it's it's a fun thing to do. Like get to know people and work out what their what their little secret is. Well, yeah, and and a lot of times we can't see those nuggets of gold in ourselves. Only other people will see them. And then once somebody reveals it to you, you suddenly value something that maybe in the past you did it, you took for granted, or you, you know maybe even learn to not value it because family, friends, culture, whatever didn't value it. But now that someone has shown you the value in it, you can let go of all those old stories about how it wasn't good and realize how amazing it is. So I think the idea of being the person or being a person who can help other people unearth that gold is kind of wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It really is wonderful. <laughs> so I've got to. I've got to ask you: Do you have any plants that inspire you as you're doing that, or that help you on that path? Hmm. Like specifically to do with the people, or just in general? In general, I mean, ones okay. that are that ones that are in, in general, but ones that are have been like speaking to you more loudly, perhaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like I, um, I love nettle as as a nice. as a plant. That's one of my um, all, and that's actually interesting because it does grow in Australia as well. And I liked that one as a kid, as nice. well. So that's um, but I didn't even realize that you could that it had properties until I was older. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did just like I really didn't realize. The only thing I, I just used to pat it as a child because <laughs> like, like, it stings, but it doesn't sting me. But the um oh nice. So you yeah. when you have when you when you touch nettle, it doesn't leave like the rash and the burning and all of that. Uh, if anyone pats it the right way, it doesn't. It's only uh, if you go the wrong way up the uh, leaf, it sticks. Yeah, because of the the stings are all outwards. Okay. <laughs> so if you if you pat it like you would pat a dog down the fur, uh-huh. yeah, uh, you'll be fine. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's why, like, um, like I actually pick nettle without gloves, but you have to start at the bottom. Yeah. And, um, pull it up so that you're with the grain because if you go against the grain that's when you get the rash ah. but um you still get stung a little bit <laughs> well but not you too know, much. a little bit's not yeah. too bad I mean <laughs> yeah but nettle's definitely one of my favorites but I also, also like do really like St. John's Wort as well but I like that just because of I, I really just like the way it goes red like <laughs> that is really I just love it but, like that when like when you make a tincture out of St. John's Wort and it it like it goes red almost straight away and it's like oh yes. look at that energy coming out of the plant like it's just um you, you can see it and then because the plant like it's dramatic the flower is yellow yeah. but right. the 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 medicine is red and so just I don't know just that concept of like the, right. the color <laughs> I really like that as as part of that plant as well but yeah but I also I also really like elderflower and I like dandelion as well and mullein. I like I <laughs> I really like a lot of these um, 
<laughs> yeah, like all of them. <laughs> so. <laughs> but the, yeah, the... Yeah, I would I would say Netto and the St. John's Wort are definitely one of my um, most strong ones, which is interesting as well as St. John's Wort. Like in pharmacy days, that was like, ooh, St. John's Wort, like um, because it interacts with a lot yes. of the, the yeah. drugs. Like basically if there was a – in the exam, someone was taking St. John's Wort, it was always the problematic case that they right. were doing wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's funny. So do you use herbs regularly as part of your lifestyle? Definitely. In, um, like, as far as, like, I, I definitely am more of a tea drinker than a tincture drinker. I do make tinctures, but I'm more of a tea drinker. But I also use herbs a lot in cooking. So, um, like, so, for example, nettles, I make nettle soup. And um, nice. I can make soup that is just nettle. So it's like, um, yeah, this green liquidy yeah. gold <laughs> like it's um oh. but it's um it's delicious there is I, um, nothing as good as like a fresh nettles infused just just themselves it's so mm-hmm. good <laughs> yeah so yeah. how did your did your partner and your toddler think of um, the nettle soup they really like it <laughs> they oh, okay. they really quite like even my like my toddler is like incredible with um how he he likes doing things like he when i was doing the tea um I haven't been doing them the last couple of months because we're in the middle of winter. But um, in the fall when I was doing the teaks, uh, the herbal experiences, um, he loved it. And he was like, tea, tea, more tea. And oh. it was just um, kind of the highlight of the show for them and just really like drinking the tea with us and experiencing the whole thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, the, the herbs, at this point, he's not a fussy either at all. Like he um, nice. eats whatever. Nice. <laughs> so that's, that's a good thing. But like I also experiment with putting – um, like I make green pasta with nettles inside the dough mm-hmm. and um, yummy. that's when I make the the nettle tea at the same time because you have to cook the nettles a little bit before you put them in the pasta yeah and then you um yeah you drink the tea at the same time while you're making the pasta but it's um uh like that sort of thing so I put it like into the dough and then I also make bread myself and add herbs in there as well all different stuff whatever I have like <laughs> that sounds lovely but, yeah um yeah, just in general, in cooking a lot. And so I would say teas and cooking mostly. Also, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, skincare things, I have oils and that, like, the... Nice. Do, do some stuff, stuff like that as well. But that's um, the main thing, yeah. And, yeah. like, I took almost every day for six months, like, a, a tea for breastfeeding when I just nice. gave, yeah. um, gave birth to <laughs> yeah. my son. Like, it was, like, continuous. Because it really helped with... Um, yeah, uh, stomach pain. Like I was re- like really amazed Ooh. if I didn't take it for like a day, they would, he, there would, there was a difference. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. That's, I mean, I'm not surprised. Um, unfortunately when I was, when I was breastfeeding at that time, I didn't have herbs and I didn't have that. I, I had, I was just on the very, very beginning. So by the time mm-hmm. I figured that stuff out, I was well past that phase, but I mean, yep. it's amazing what, that kind of support does you know oh it's it's incredible like (laughs) I I can remember like a couple of times when he wasn't sleeping well and like I um just literally put like chamomile tea in his sipper cup before bed and like there was one time where like 
Peter slept for like 10 hours straight all oh. night. <laughs> I was like, that is amazing. That's like, the point though where I'm, you kind of creep in. You're like, is he still breathing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but it, this, he wasn't yeah. quite a, like a newborn then, but like it was, it, this was like at around the like, I think seven, eight months, like that when he oh, was yeah. drinking water, water stage. Yeah. But I was still just like, oh my gosh, a whole night of sleep. Woo-hoo. This is amazing. Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> Oh, that's sweet. (laughs) Yeah. But they work. They definitely work. They're like the results they show. (laughs) They show. They do. They do. So I am, it's been wonderful talking with you. I want to make sure folks can get a hold of you because you've got a herbal entrepreneur conference coming up again, right? We do. So it's coming up very soon. And um, I'm really excited about this year because um, like, yeah, we've got, even more speakers than last year and oh. we're covering some really good topics. So like the, um, we're getting into more in depth about, um, yeah, like the legal side of things, like nice. how to do accounting for businesses. Um, and then like, it's not just for any like specific track. Like we kind of cover the whole, the whole range. It doesn't cover the whole range of what you can do right. as an herbalist because <laughs> there are so many different pathways, right. but we have like um, different tracks is what I'm calling them this year. And so it's, um, oh like people who are like growing herbs, people who are making products or um, uh, yeah, making products from from things or people who are selling products, people who are teaching about herbs and then people who are um, practitioners. So uh, doing that clinical side of herbalism. So there's like those five different areas that there are examples of people kind of implementing that and how they do that in their business. So there's people talking about like herbal subscription boxes or, um, get how to get a licensed kitchen and um nice i'm trying to all, all these different things or like um yeah there's heaps of different uh different aspects of it and so like it's just been really really fun talking to all of these people so far and um the conference is going to be um yeah a really great event so it's happening on the 20th to the 24th of april this year and basically it's free to join for anyone who um wants to wants to join up so but you just go to herbalentrepreneur.com and you can sign up for free and then you'll be like throughout the event you'll get links to watch the video so there's like yeah half an hour to an hour session with each uh, speaker and Candace and Patrick were actually speaking at this year's conference so I'm really excited to bring these uh, these guys on and um yeah, it's going to be um, a lot of fun. Like, I really uh, hope that, like, because my aim with this event is really to connect herbalists with other herbalists and kind of build up the profession so that um, we can help each other, inspire each other and motivate each other to um, to continue on this herbal path. Because, like, it is difficult going at it alone. Yeah. But if we can share our stories and... Um, yeah, help each other forward. We'll be stronger together. Like that's that's what a profession is important about, and like we need to help each other. We do. We do. I am. I'm really thankful that you're doing it because, like I said last year, I loved it. I'm excited to see what comes out of it this year. I'm excited to see the lineup you've got. I know, folks. Anybody who's interested or even thinking about possibly starting a business or being in business or they've started and they might have an area they're struggling. I expect they're going to find good inspiration with you guys. Yep. I, um, I definitely, that, that's our aim and the, 
and like it's, it's all part of the community really just bring bring those ideas in and sharing and um yeah growing from there okay i'm really excited about it lovely lovely all right so is there any other ways that they can people can connect with yolanda yes yeah sure so yeah the best way is just going to edwentrepreneur.com and um signing up there but i'm also on facebook and instagram both of those just like Apple entrepreneur if you All type right. that in okay i'll be there and i'll make sure we've got <laughs> links in the show notes to those as well as to the conference yeah 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 exactly that's um that would be great the but yeah the website's the best place and then yeah you can sign up for my email list and the there's lots Herbs of offers and stuff through there so like oh, yeah um yeah get in contact i um really hope that it will be helpful for you yeah all righty well as always put, put an herb on it, it. Hi, this is Candace Hunter of Real Herbalism Radio and the Practical Herbalist. We recently picked up a new sponsor, Tony DiMaggio at Sacred Blossom Farms over in Wisconsin, said that he would love to sponsor our show. I tell you, some his teas are some of the most amazing, beautiful teas I have ever seen or tasted. He grows all the herbs right there on his farm. He uses polycultural poly polyculture techniques and bio, bio biologically active soils. Gosh, my words are just not, I've drank too much of the angel tea is what I've done. That is a really, it's a soothing, relaxing tea. It's got wonderful herbs like calendula and milky oats, fennel, lemon balm. And, you know, honestly, the rosebuds and rose petals are maybe my favorite. It's amazing how beautiful this is. Anyway, they are our sponsors. And if you would like to enjoy a 15% off discount with them, you can go over to their shop, to his site, sacredblossomfarm.com, and use the coupon code REALHERB15. That's all caps, R-E-A-L-H-E-R-B-1-5. You'll get 15% off, and as a part of the sponsorship, he'll give us a little bit of the sale to say thank you. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.